Obviously, that came crashing down in a pretty spectacular way. Another crypto company just declared bankruptcy. Causing all withdrawals, swaps, and transfers between accounts. Lawyers are filling their pockets with real money, not cell phones. And by massive L in my Celsius portfolio. These people are scammers. Hello and welcome to Crypto Girls. Hello everybody. It's nice to be back in my Auckland room recording. We today on our scam series are going to talk about the Celsius Network. The Celsius Network very infamously collapsed midway through 2022 and it was one of many collapses in that year that just perpetuated what we now know as the crypto winter. So very sad for a lot of investors who have lost a lot of money in this and probably won't recover, well, pretty much definitely won't recover all of it. More to come on that. We'll we'll kind of inform you about what the potential plan is for recovering for creditors. So if you're a creditor listening, um, we've got some info for you that's just quite recent. But we might as well dive in and talk about what was Celsius. So Nikita. Take it away. <laughs> so on our last podcast, Mango Markets, we covered an exploit on a trading, a DeFi trading platform. And we said that Mango Markets was a slightly more complicated trading platform that sort of only advanced crypto people could use. Celsius was like a novice platform. And so I think that makes this thing all the more terrible for investors because Basically, Celsius was kind of like the new crypto bank and everyday people were promised really high returns on just depositing their money into Celsius. And a lot of people lost a lot of money because Celsius was run by a phony man. He made some really bad investments and it all went under last year. Yeah, I think a really interesting thing to note about like the Celsius network as well is that they kind of are really pushing this um, this anti-bank sentiment and they basically advertise themselves as not being a bank but a new economy and then they've quoted on their website where financial freedom doesn't come with a price tag, which is, you know, maybe a little bit dodgy, I think, Financial freedom most certainly does come with a price tag. Nothing is, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And it often takes a long time to build your own financial freedom. So hearing these, the sentiment from the outset from Celsius may be a warning sign um, to people who aren't, to people who are a little bit risk averse. Another interesting thing, um, Nikita was talking earlier about a dodgy founder who is called Alex Mashinsky. He wore t-shirts around quite publicly while he was being interviewed and on panels and whatnot that says, um, it's the Celsius logo and then banks are not your friends. He he was very hard line on not liking the banks. Um, but before we get into Alex Mashinsky, we should probably kind of talk a bit more about how Celsius worked. So it was founded by Alex Mashinsky, Daniel Leon and Nuke Goldstein. So three male founders and they made the Celsius network in 2017 was supposed to be a borrowing and lending platform for Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. 
And basically they wanted people to deposit their money into the Celsius network, which would then be kind of lent out to other investors, people who would pay an interest on on the money that they would get. So it just really functions like a, a regular bank, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, which is such a good thing that you said because it absolutely does function like a regular bank. But the fact that they were so anti-bank sentiment kind of I feel like in itself is such a red flag because what they were doing was so analogous to what a bank does. So just to add on to what you said about uh, borrowing and lending and all the kind of activities of Celsius. So if you're a customer who were wanting to earn some yield off Celsius, you would deposit um, money into the system and that would operate kind of like an unsecured loan. And basically what that means is that um, as Celsius would kind of take your money as a loan, but it wouldn't have any collateral to it. So if something happened with your money, you don't have anything that um, collateralizes or backs it up. So you don't have any guarantee of necessarily getting it back. Um, and when Celsius had your money, they would kind of, yeah, as you said, invest it. And in return, you would earn money on that crypto as what they were called an annual percentage yield and they APY for short. Um, and on their website, they, um, I think you said before, was about 18.63% was the kind of top end of what you'd earn. So very, very high, like kind of like high enough to, hopefully sound off some alarm bells, which was a bit disappointing because um, Mashinsky over and over kind of repeated that his that the Celsius network was a low-risk platform, which, as we now know, was absolutely not the case. So when the system worked well, I suppose, in Celsius, you could cash out your assets within 24 hours, which in a bull market, that's fine when everything's going well and people are earning money and whatever. But as soon as the price of different cryptos started to topple and networks started to go insolvent. Uh, Celsius couldn't unfortunately meet their uh, liquidity requirements and themselves fell into insolvency um, and they filed for a chapter 11 bankruptcy. My, my kind of hypothesis is that maybe is why there has been such a large increase in retail investors is because People are kind of losing value just having their money sit in the banks, which is not how it always was. Um, and so people might do that by opening up like a stock account and buying buying companies or maybe a step further and in, in being your own bank and uh, participating in crypto um, was, is another way to, I suppose, gain value as a retail investor. But as we know, um, it, it can be quite high risk, which was the case with Celsius. But yeah. it's quite a shame because when some when uh, something like Celsius is offering eighteen percent APYs, you of course <laughs> it's, it's going to be attractive to people, particularly if it's being marketed as low risk. Mm. I remember back in the day. I've only been alive for like <laughs> a little over twenty years, but like back in the day, people used to earn a really healthy percent, like above inflation at least like five percent I think even like in our parents generation they could get like 10 percent or 15 percent like quite a lot if they just put money in the bank and that was because borrowing money was also quite expensive so like it was kind of give and take now we can borrow money for really cheap but the payoff is that we don't get much yield on our deposits Alex Mashinsky, one of the Celsius founders, one of his main messaging campaigns was like, 
you guys aren't earning good healthy yields inflation is eating your assets cut this kind of argument which is a very real argument I literally saw it on LinkedIn today like people are angry that banks are making profits and mm. people want to beat inflation especially when inflation mm. right now is like at record levels it was an argument 10 years ago it's going to be an argument in 10 years like people just want money <laughs> and yeah. Alex like really used this message to basically bolster his platform and be like you guys can earn 18.6 percent absolutely and I think it's it's good that you're bringing up kind of Alex Mashinsky's uh like ethos I suppose because he really has branded himself as a man of the people and being for the little guy and in his previous ventures which I suppose gives context to the Celsius situation um he's he's kind of been a part of uh things that give value back to consumers so one of those things was he kind of claimed to invent something called the voice over internet protocol or VOIP um, and what that was is basically what's used on stuff like WhatsApp and Skype and stuff today and basically just allows for people to call for free over the internet so it kind of did away a lot of the time with really really high international calling um, or just even, you know, domestic calling and minutes and stuff. So we can just use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp these days. Um, but the interesting thing was, even though he claims to have invented it, he was probably maybe among the first, but to claim to have invented it is probably a bit of a, you know, it's a steep claim to make. Um, and uh, the reason I mentioned this is that he was basically trying to uh, take that message for the VOIP pro uh, network and apply it to money so um he he called it the money over internet protocol which is i suppose a play on the voice over internet protocol um and he wanted to make sure that uh the banks weren't taking huge fees and people could gain huge like lots of interest and stuff and i suppose that's really appealing um and yeah i suppose in terms of his other claims to fame he was part of the the ride sharing app um, in the early days. So kind of he claimed to invent Uber and he also kind of claimed to invent like an early version of Bitcoin, but said he couldn't solve the double spending problem. On that, <laughs> like, okay, I might be picking up some weird shit here, but like he claimed to have like tried to work on the, you know, digital money thing, sending money over email, I guess like a PayPal. But PayPal yeah. was done in like the 90s and he was he he claims to have been working this in like 2004, 2005. So he was way late anyway. But mm. he said that he couldn't solve it because of the double spending problem. And I was watching an interview um, hosted by Blockworks and he was recounting the story about, you know, how, you know, he's in love with crypto. And he said that he first found out about Bitcoin in like 2009. His friend gave him Satoshi's paper and he basically threw it away saying that was like slow and expensive and a few years later he picked it up again and he realized it had solved the double spending problem and he's like oh my god this is revolutionary which is so weird because I don't expect everyone to have read Satoshi's paper because it's very technical but literally in the third sentence it says that it solved the double spending problem so he obviously did not read the paper I mean the whole paper, like the whole Satoshi paper is literally 
a paper about solving the double spending problem. That's literally what it does. Like, it does mm. not do anything else. Like, because PayPal invented other digital money. I mean, it's, yeah. It, it's yeah. really, to hear that message, to hear him saying that, I just have, like, a huge red flag in my brain because yeah. it's, you can't read Satoshi's paper and mm. not know that he solved the double spending problem yeah just absolutely. a weird, weird like sidetrack that I went down no that's such <laughs> a good point and um I just I feel like with all of his previous ventures um and you know he se he seems like quite an ego man with all the things he's claimed to have done but I think what the most interesting thing to me that stands out is that when he's when he's claiming to do the voice over internet protocol and the money over internet protocol particularly he is kind of you know positioning himself as I, as I said before as a man of the people and it's very strangely similar to other big uh crypto giants that have had things go very long, wrong, namely Sam Bankman-Fried. And he was someone who kind of did away with all of the luxuries of life or claimed to. And then obviously we've kind of found out um, that he he wasn't such a man of the people, you know, live on three pairs of socks kind of man. You know, he was taking all of that profit for himself, um, as was uh, Alex. And kind of not really fulfilling the, I suppose, crypto dream that he was selling <laughs> yeah his message of unbanking the people is also eerily similar to dr ruja ignatova mm -hmm. the missing crypto queen um if you haven't checked out the bbc's podcast on the missing crypto queen definitely do it I, it's it's really enjoyable basically this this bulgarian woman um she scammed billions out of many people around the world with a fake coin called one coin um she claimed it was a cryptocurrency and it was never a cryptocurrency it was based on sql database it was a complete ponzi scheme and she, her message was like that one coin would transform the life of the unbanked people and so she would have people go around africa and tell them like cryptocurrency is a way they can like, be their own banks it was this if the system kind of message roger used it to for her own benefit and it seems like mashinsky is using this same argument and like sophie mentioned the sbf debacle yeah and i suppose it's something that's like really not easy to manipulate people from but because of the idea of crypto and you know the ideas behind it that inspire it of being you know removing the need for an intermediary and taking um like being independent and taking hold of your own money like that's a very exciting kind of self-determined concept for people to latch on to particularly if I mean we've talked about this in other episodes particularly for people who are in countries that are unstable and can't trust their governments or can't trust their banks um and so people who are giving this opportunity out or porting to I mean why wouldn't you buy into that if, if it seems to be going well um but I suppose a good segue to come out of this discussion is to talk about how did Celsius actually collapse um, because I think that's quite important to our discussion today so Alex Mashinsky and the Celsius team they yeah would take people's money in the form of crypto and 
the way that Alex would supposedly give investors a 18.6% yield or or similar was by investing into other crypto DeFi projects. So it's very simple, like kind of investment ideology, like he's going to invest in some crypto startup and that's going to go like 10 times and then he'll like earn some profit off that and give like the the yield he promised to other investors. When you're earning such a high yield off the crypto that you've deposited onto a site like this, you, you have to think that the investments that they are making with your crypto or the people that they are lending your crypto to are relatively high risk agents. And so, as we said before, when this is a bull market, it goes really well, but um, you know, the cracks in, in, in the bull market, which kind of preceded this crypto winter had started to show um, earlier on in 2022 and at the end of 2021. Um, and just in the Celsius context, there are a couple of events that happened um, prior to the collapse, which maybe foreshadowed um, that this was a high risk scheme and probably not uh, the safest place for people to have their money. And the first one of those was uh, the collapse of the Badger Dow. So the Badger Dow was something that was very heavily invested in by Celsius. They had a whole lot of crypt, uh, crypto kind of in, invested in, in that um, and they were offering quite high returns um, and they lost the private keys. Uh, so they were hacked and they lost the private keys um, and they lost, I'm not sure of the exact number, but they lost a lot of crypto, but Celsius's um, kind of stake in that loss was about 51 million um, and so that was quite quite an extensive loss for Celsius and we don't know for sure but potentially that was the start of the end for them um, and the other thing that uh, they were kind of quite heavily invested in uh, was a Terra USD scheme and there was a particular site that they were invested in which offered really high yield on Terra USD and for those who don't know, in May, I believe, of 2022, which is just before the Celsius breakdown, Terra USD completely crashed. Um, it was an algorithmic stablecoin and it lost its peg. And so there was kind of just pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, oh, Anchor was the platform that uh, Celsius had invested with for the Terra USD yield and I think at the time they pulled out about 500 million dollars US dollars worth of their investment into into Anchor but as we know Terra USD is not worth anywhere near one US dollar anymore so yeah. I mean that was perhaps a big precursor to Celsius Celsius's collapse. Mm. So just basically making really bad investments or yeah yeah okay Terra USD was an awful investment that was a complete fraud crypto I guess is this kind of intertwined fraudulent space <laughs> and investing into crypto solely crypto is a really high risk endeavor I mean I was looking at this the other day it was a really cool article on Coindesk about crypto's incest problem um, and it was kind of looking at how intertwined all of these big entities were that collapsed at the end of last year and just gives a kind of picture into the crypto industry as a whole is relatively insular because there are there are like quite a few big players, but you know, nowhere near as many as in the fiat world. And because these big players have all got money invested into one another and um as, as soon as one falls, it just kind of becomes like this uh this 
wave that ripples out into the other um, the other big players. And so it does make sense that you know some, once Terra USD falls, um, or once Three AC falls, or once FTX falls, a whole lot of other other businesses will go with it. But I think it's important to note that like all of the businesses that have gone bad in the last year or so they've had major cracks in their businesses where like you know terra usd luna thing was a complete scam ftx was misusing customer funds celsius was saying that it was a low risk kind of new bank that would earn a high low risk yield which it wasn't it was high it was super high risk and so all these businesses like i don't feel any like one drop of like sympathy for for them because they're all bad businesses yeah absolutely absolutely and I think people are probably going to go forward and be a little bit more cautious now and and how they invest their money and how much they um they trust I suppose crypto businesses which I mean is personified by the crypto winter they're experiencing right now um but hopefully in the future uh people kind of recognize the risk taking that they they are doing but it seems like it's just a cycle that will go round and round and round forever and um the new people in the space may not be um so educated to weather that storm and that's why we're here yeah (laughs) um but what i wanted to highlight as well just in the legal domain was what celsius's terms of use spelled Mm -hmm. out um, because it kind of told a very different story to what Vyshinsky was purporting um, in the sense that like they weren't, it, it wasn't a bank and whatever. So basically the Celsius terms of use basically specified that, as Vyshinsky said, that uh, Celsius shouldn't be characterized as a banking product or service and that some of the terms that were used on their website like um borrowing, lending, withdrawal, deposit, blah, 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 kind of terms that we would use in a fair currency situation. Um, he, they, the terms specified that they were terms of convenience only, and the depositor did not necessarily have custody over their assets. Um, so when you deposit money into Celsius, you have title over that, but you forego a whole lot of other other rights according to their terms of service. So um, you allow Celsius or any nominated third party by Celsius to use the money, you know, how they how they please and to invest it how they please. And this is fine, usually, like if things are going well, as we say, but what the terms of service also um, specify, which is tells a bit of a harrowing tale, is that Celsius is has the right to suspend access to services, including the custody service and your access to custody wallet in the event of market disruptions or periods of volatility. And that's me reading a direct quote from their terms of service, which mm-hmm. is quite frightening, <laughs> to be honest. And at I think least, somewhere in there, they- At least they were honest. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it was all right there in plain writing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ugh, it's it's it's- awful to read because I mean <laughs> how many times have you bought something or used a website or used a service and just click I agree to the oh, terms and conditions I know like who really reads the fine print but, until they've been yeah. fucked over but the thing I think this is where the whole influence the thing because there were like a lot of people people in the crypto space influential people which we'll talk about a little bit later who were 
promoting Celsius, like doing referral codes, etc. If you are influencing a product, you should be reading the terms of service 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just kind of like the, the analogy of like watching a fight happen and then being the innocent bystander, you know, are you really innocent if you're promoting a cryptocurrency? If you have literally no idea what the fight is and we'll try to break it up or we'll try to understand what's going on. Like, can you really be standing there and be innocent in that situation? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think really drawing back to the terms of service, um, Celsius, again, pretty clearly stipulated that if they went bankrupt um, or entered liquidation, and they couldn't repay their obligations that the users were not actually entitled to recover their assets and they probably wouldn't be able to. And this was, I mean, it's a big red flag because when you're dealing with a bank and there's a run on the banks and they're not able to give you back the money that you've uh, invested with them, they, because they are licensed entities, they are able to get some insurance. So in the States, they call that FDIC insurance, which is Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And that's just basically a government entity which um, insures the banks in the case of shit hitting the fan, essentially. And in New Zealand, I did a little bit, little bit of digging. They've brought in a new bank insurance scheme in 2022, which means that if a bank fails, that they are able to guarantee each customer up to $100,000 which actually protects up to 93% of New Zealand um, New Zealand customers, which is pretty good as a safety net, I suppose, to provided by government. But if you're someone like Celsius, you don't have this insurance because you're a really risky, like who, which, what, what insurer is going to uh, insure something that is taking really, really bad risks <laughs> on people's money. Yeah, which kind of brings us back full circle to Alex's argument against you know people like banks being super rich keeping the profits to themselves and it's actually in our interest that banks are like Gringotts Gringotts yes like, like Harry Potter and Harry Potter you want a lot of money in there like you do want that goblins to be rich yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. like if things go if something happens I mean there's lots of things that can happen in finance like there's always something around the corner that is unexpected and, and takes everyone by surprise whether that be flooding or tsunamis or mm. CDOs which are clatter like dodgy loans there's always going to be something and like it's in our interest that banks can protect themselves and protect our our assets too. If banks fail, that is catastrophic. Like we like mm. our parents saw in two thousand and eight, what what happened, and it could have been a lot worse than it was. So if the governments hadn't bailed them out, eh? <laughs> yeah, or like there were there were actually some banks that were in a healthy financial position and they were able to save like other institutions. So that was really important. And I, I think that banks should definitely have this the same situation. And obviously Celsius, because they were promising investors so much money. They had um, to use a lot of the assets that were um invested to get that return and not yeah. really maintain I mean I suppose the assets were rather liquid when things were going well but as soon as you enter a bear market and you don't really have that much liquidity you're kind of a bit poked yeah <laughs> and because crypto is so volatile 
you know that can happen within 24 hours you know it, it, it can really shit can really hit the fan so I don't know I, I mean I personally don't know what the, the solution to that is maybe not offering such high returns as you say <laughs> being a bit more responsible like a bank but um yeah I can say like coming from a kind of economics perspective there's always a reason that like if banks are not offering a high yield banks are hungry for clients like they mm. want as much market share as they possibly can so if they're not offering high yields there's probably a reason behind that and yeah. going out of that like by a lot he just went completely outside the box and it, it doesn't work and I think it just doesn't work for a reason maybe to round off this topic is just to come back to like quite a central tenet which we discuss on crypto girls a lot um is that as we're saying um like owning crypto itself is a very risky um is a very risky thing but if you are letting an entity like celsius invest your money for you to gain a yield you are giving up your custodial rights and allowing them to use their use your crypto how they see fit and invest it how that how you see fit and so if you're happy to, you know, take on the risk for them to use all of your crypto and really risky investments, that's fine. Um, but you are essentially giving away your right to be your own bank, which in my eyes is kind of the, like, I suppose, one of the big points of crypto. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's really sad hearing that some people had like 70 to 80% or even 100% of their net worths in Celsius. Mm, mm. but as I like as we've been saying like if you are being I mean it is on people to look at the fine print and to understand what they're getting themselves into but if you're being you know parroted on about like if the executives are kind of parroting on about how low risk these investments are and we're in the middle of really good economic times maybe people do like emotionally buy into that idea and you know fair enough too there should be some sort of onus on uh, big lenders or big you know firms like Celsius to to actually disclose what exactly what the risk is mm. and it's also this kind of big personality thing where Alex Mashinsky would go on YouTube and do ask Mashinsky anything live video like live streams with Celsius mm. customers and stuff and so he was kind of a personality and people obviously saw him as a smart guy who had invented like voiceover internet and the mm. like rudimentary uber and and all these like crazy technologies and he was like mm. the next he was revolutionizing finance too now mm. so like this kind of god persona is yeah also kind of dangerous <laughs> it's really scary because there's a lot of successful people out there who have great credentials and you know they've invented or done cool things in the past and they look amazing and so it's really hard to tell good from bad like elon musk mm. has a crazy background but what makes him like legit compared to someone like alex mashinsky and i think that that line for a lot of people is really hard to if you don't know much about like the the topic it's really hard to tell yeah and especially because it's just like the little guy is just trying to get ahead like when you're when you're a bank you have people who are have degrees and know how to invest and know what things to look for and know what is risky and what's not but if you're a, a retail investor who's just trying to keep up with inflation which god knows we all are in this <laughs> yeah. day and age 
it's it's bloody difficult because you have to basically teach yourself accounting and teach yourself you know how to identify what a good investment is and teach yourself how to do due diligence I mean it's 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 a hefty process and you have to do that over and over and over again if you want a really diverse portfolio so it, there's a lot of time and effort and a steep learning curve for the everyday normal investor and if, I, I think it is really easy to fall into the trap of you know, b- believing what someone says when they're selling a dream. Yeah, 100%. But we should move on maybe to what's kind of happening now in the Celsius space because uh, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy when they collapsed mid what, last year. What day? Uh, something of July. July 12th, I think. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy then um, and... Basically, since then, I suppose they've been kind of trying to find a way to reimburse their creditors. And quite recently, they have partnered with a firm called Nova Wolf, um, who's created a restructuring plan for them. Um, This is really interesting for two reasons. Firstly, Nova Wolf was only founded in 2022, which I suppose for people who are like, I mean, it's I should have mentioned that's um, an SEC registered investment advisor so it is kind of legit in the in terms of a government entity has kind of backed it as being a legitimate a legitimate entity but if it's founded in 2022 like what is this company's track record do people actually trust this company to to get back their value like what's going on there yeah um but the other interesting thing to point out is that they uh, that Celsius has opted for a restructure as opposed to a liquidation. So basically, that means that Nova Wolf has identified that they'll be able to garner more value for their investors, uh, for Celsius's investors, by restructuring and forming a new company um, as opposed to just uh, liquidating and distributing the assets. And we'll go into a little bit more of what the Nova Wolf plan is for Celsius. Um, so basically, in this new plan for this new company, Nova Wolf has uh, split all the Celsius creditors into two different classes. So the first class they've called the convenience class, which they say represents over 85% of all earned counter creditors. That is anyone who was uh, investing their money into Celsius for a APY. Um, and this convenience class consists of people who had uh, when Celsius collapsed had less than uh, 5k or less of uh, fair currency kind of sorry let me uh, this convenience class represents people who had 5,000 US dollars or less owing to them um, at the time of Celsius's collapse and what they're offering to this class is that they got uh, they get to have a 70% recovery um, either in Bitcoin, ETH, and and stable coins. I don't think they've really stipulated which stable coins that they will disperse in. Um, and they have kind of added a caveat to that class and said, if you ha- are a creditor that is owed over five thousand US dollars equivalent, then you can opt into that class, so you can receive your seventy percent worth of like reimbursement. But that really like only works if you're maybe owed six thousand dollars or you know something that's close to five thousand dollars. If you're someone who has lost fifty thousand dollars, you're not really want to gonna want to opt into this class because you're only gonna really you're just completely um, minimizing your potential earn back 
And so that's the first class. The second class, <laughs> um, which is earn claims over $5,000, um, basically they have said, and this is kind of what it says in the plan, is that they get a pro rata share of a significant distribution of liquid crypto uh, in the form of Bitcoin, ETH and USDC on the plan effective day, which is basically when the plan comes into, you know, comes into effect. But they haven't really specified what a significant distribution is. Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Is it, you know, what what is a significant mm. distribution? There's no definition of this. So it's a little bit up in the air. I know a few people have speculated on what that percentage might be, but it's it's I don't know. It's it seems it's a bit of a letdown for people who have lots and lots of money owed and have suffered a lot from this. But the other thing that they have promised people who have over $5,000 owing from the Celsius collapse is that they get up to 100% value in tokenized securities, um, which they have split into two different tokens, um, which are called management share tokens, MST, or equity share tokens, EST, um, which will trade on the provenance blockchain. But uh, I mean... I don't really know how much value that these like new shares will have. Um, and those, the tokens kind of like represent a, an interest in the new company that they're forming. This is a lot of information, but <laughs> this is, this is all part of the plan. Yeah. So the, just to explain like how the new company will operate. So basically it's going to be wholly owned by the creditors in that second class that I've just mentioned. Um, and it's initially going to earn its money from staking, um, mining, and then also all of the assets that are left in um, Celsius's portfolio that are illiquid, i.e. like can't be readily inverted and converted into fiat currency. So like existing investments and like stuff they already like Celsius has going on, like yeah. I, I guess maybe Celsius had investments that were okay and like maybe they're just holding them there and they can't get them out yet. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And like, if they have any like upcoming kind of repayments that aren't like redeemable within the next, you know, I don't know how like long the mm. period is for whether they can classify an asset as liquid or illiquid. Um, but sometimes, you know, there are long-term obligations that are owing to Celsius or, you know, a company that has collapsed that they can't access now, but will be able to access at a later date. Um, so that's basically the new company is going to consist of those those things that I've just mentioned. Um, and then the final thing that that second class of creditors get is access to a litigation trust, which is overseen by that class of creditors. And it's basically been formed um, to pursue ex Celsius executives and third parties for any wrong that they might that might have been identified that they've done. Um, so hopefully, that, I mean, the litigation will be incredibly expensive, I can imagine, in a case that's complex, as complex as this. But the trust, I'm assuming that uh, this class of creditors will be beneficiaries in that trust. So any money that is kind of won in any litigation will flow back to the creditors. I hear that people aren't happy about this, especially the people that were big investors into Celsius. Mm -hmm. So I think for like, from what I understand, so... If, um like people who had like a few hundred bucks in there or like a thousand bucks are pretty much get their money back right 
70% of their money back. 70% yep. of their money back. And people who invested over 5K will have their value kind of put into this new spin-off company called Nuco. And well, it's currently called Nuco. I, I found out that Nuco is like a, a dummy name for a corporate spin-off. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, it's kind of, it stands for, for new company, I think. So it just yeah. is like, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I, yeah, placeholder is a good way to describe it. Yeah. And there's a few YouTuber personalities. There's a guy called BitBoy and there's a guy called Simon Dixon who mm-hmm. have both like pretty they both had really big exposure to Celsius. So Simon Dixon is a like multi-million dollar DeFi investor who had 289 Bitcoin basically taken by Celsius and BitBoy, not sure how much exposure he has, but he was, I think, also heavily invested in Celsius and he also promoted Celsius on his YouTube channel by through like a re- affiliate link. Um so two kind of big personalities for reference bitboy i think is the second most followed youtube like crypto youtube channel in the world behind crypto bureau or coin bureau i've never watched any of their stuff (laughs) but i also saw on reddit that um bitboy sometimes gets called s-h-i-t boy (laughs) because a (laughs) a lot of like i think He's kind of got also a bad reputation for um, promoting SHIT coins and... Yeah, yikes. And, yeah, just being... Just kind of being more of like a pump and dump kind of guy. Like, yeah, we've talked about these personalities before. Like, basically everything Mm. Crypto Girls is not trying to be. (laughs) I think also the North American market, like, they're obsessed with, like, just getting rich (laughs) yep and it's a it's a huge market like i think crypto Mm -hmm. girls would actually be way more successful in terms of numbers if we were kind of like promoting bitcoin and ethereum and other cryptocurrencies as like a way to get rich yeah 100 percent. like it's i mean i suppose that's the thing at the end of the day is that sometimes like you know being honest and being you know having some integrity does not get you as far in the short term (laughs) but we can sleep at night so yeah that's so true because we're value investors and we're not crypto hags crypto (laughs) what are they like i don't know like yeah (laughs) crypto hags back to like bitboy yeah, he's not happy, but then people are like, well, you promoted it and he wants to file a class action lawsuit, but he says he can't he can't lead the lawsuit because he promoted it. I don't know, it's some like big drama that I don't really care about. And yeah. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Dixon, like another sort of big personality that has like similar traits to I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's legit. I don't know. I don't I don't want to burn any bridges here, but like yeah, he had two eighty-nine Bitcoin stolen from Celsius. I think it's just if you if you're like a okay, from my perspective, if you're an investor 
in this space in the crypto space DeFi space and you get kind of ripped off in this way it's also sort of a red flag because yeah. like you should be knowing enough about crypto and DeFi to know that an 18.9% of the yield is not sustainable and it's not low risk so they should have known yeah 100% and like yeah I don't know as we said before like if you're going to take those big high risks like don't do it with a huge proportion of your net worth like that just seems naive mm -hmm. to me especially for these big players that are reporting that they know everything about crypto and have these huge followings that they're kind of um getting excited and taking them in the same direction like you've got to be you've got to have some sort of level of understanding of the risk that you're getting into I suppose but you yeah. know what people can people are just on their own journey I suppose and you can't take that away from them <laughs> sometimes you have to learn the hard way yeah how shit rolls yeah so I think we covered Celsius yeah god damn so Celsius um is that's a wrap mm. so I think the Dow attack episode is going to be our next one so keep an eye out for that and if you haven't already subscribe to our newsletter we do have one of our community members writing this up and she's doing an amazing job I think it's like well worth mm. your time it's curated it's pretty the fonts are pretty everything's great so definitely sign yeah, up absolutely yeah it's a really good read it's nice and succinct it's not too long mm. and it kind of gives you a good overview of what's happening in crypto this week and what's happening on crypto girls yeah so yeah one Fantastic. stop shop all right one stop shop see you next see you later time. guys bye